0: Tired of the light, then escape into the dark with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy's sexy voice. It's the Dark Corner Podcast, presented by StrangeAndDeadly.com.
1: I'm just as fucked up as they say. I can't fake the daytime. I found an entrance to escape into the dark. Got false lights for the sun. It's an artificial nocturne, it's an outsider's escape for a broken heart.
2: Everybody, and welcome to the new and improved Dark Corner Podcast. Well, actually, the Dark Corner Podcast on the new and improved Strange and Deadly.com website.
0: New and improved, is it really?
2: Is it really? Is
0: it really?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going out. <laughs>
0: Keys.
2: Sorry, doing some Eddie Izzard stuff. Yep. Hey, brr. Yes, uh,. Gentlemen's Grindhouse Records.com has rebranded to StrangeAndDeadly.com, so that's where you can find our podcast now.
0: Not that you will notice, because the feeds will all still maintain their subscriptions, etc., so nothing will change for people already subscribed to the podcast.
2: Yeah, it's a smooth transition.
0: Smooth, like jazz, baby. Yeah,
2: and it opens up more possibilities for a variety of shows. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be specifically or as specific to horror -er 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 as it was, because we'll have the Lost in the Omniverse podcast that should be upcoming soon, which is kind of fits nicely next to our show, kind of a nice sister podcast, you know, being about the cinematic universes of various franchises, I guess is the term. Indeed. So Marvel movies.
0: DC movies, unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) For the most
2: part. I guess Justice League is getting a lot of buzz around San Diego Comic-Con.
0: Still don't care enough to watch not it. Not really.
2: In fact, from the trailers it looks a lot like somebody who's playing one of those classic stand-up scroll-style combat video games.
0: The, the entire <laughs> trailer is absent of light.
2: Oh yeah, it's all blue-filtered crap.
0: There No, it's just it's not even just that. It's just dark. There's like no sunlight. Oh no. Anywhere yeah. in that trailer. Do they not have the sun in the DC universe? They kind of have to because that's how Superman gets his powers. Yeah,
2: no wonder he's dead.
0: No, <sighs> oh, he's not dead. I
2: know his coffin stirred at yeah. the end of Batman vs. Superman.
0: So, which begs the question, how could he revive without the rays of the sun? Because he's in the fucking ground. Yeah,
2: especially if they buried him somewhere like Gotham.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no sun in Gotham. Metropolis should have sunlight.
2: Yeah. But yeah, this new DC movie universe is lacking in vibrancy.
0: Uh, it's lacking in color and sunlight yep. and humor. That's why Wonder Woman was better is because it had some humor in it. Yeah, it it wasn't humor. 100% downer the whole nope. time. I know a lot of people enjoy the DC movies, but save Wonder Woman, I have not enjoyed any of them since Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises was the beginning of the end for me. No.
2: yeah, Dark Knight Rises was a train wreck.
0: Superman has to be in it, especially since there's all this controversy about Henry Cavill having a mustache.
2: <laughs> He should just keep it.
0: <laughs> he should totally keep it. In fact, people were taking com- comics, you know, and and part of the Justice League animated series and putting mustaches on Superman yep. and it's fucking brilliant.
2: <laughs> hipster Batman or hipster Superman.
0: It's so goddamn funny.
2: <laughs> Give him skinny jeans and arcade fire t-shirt.
0: Yeah, no, I'll just dress him like Queen, like the lead singer of Queen, Queen. Oh, Mercury. Freddie Mercury.
2: Just so, do that. Shirtless and tight Sus- leggings. And
0: suspenders. Yeah, Gotta have the suspenders. Shirtless and suspenders. Microphone. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> so... Yeah, so still not gonna pay money to watch the Justice League movie because it just looks so frenetic and unfocused and... Yeah, I still haven't
2: seen Man of Steel. I still haven't seen Batman vs Superman. Saw clips of it because just it's on HBO right now, and every once in a while.
0: Yeah, the the one clip that we actually enjoyed was apparently Soup just being out of the shower and watching the news, and we see him from behind, and we're like, "Oh, well, he's good." Oh, it's Henry Cavill. All right, Mm -hmm. this must be Batman vs Superman. (laughs) Yep,
2: and then lose interest and.
0: Oh, and then now it's to Lex Luthor. Don't care now.
2: Yeah poorly conceived version of lex luthor i think
0: it doesn't work for me maybe if it was a different actor but i can't stand jesse eisenberg yeah he's annoying
2: and his plan doesn't make sense because it's all like i hate aliens so i'm going to create an alien what
0: nothing about batman versus superman makes sense It's basically fan fiction written by 12-year-old boys. Now, obviously, (laughs) 12-year-old boys didn't actually write it, but that's the mentality level of this movie for me.
2: Oh, and his little archive he has on his computer about all the Justice League characters. Oh, yeah. Let's introduce the the Justice
0: League characters in a fucking email. Good idea.
2: With their specific logos representing their files. It's like, so what does that mean that he created their logos before they existed in the Justice League team?
0: Yeah, and I'm just, uh, I've already had to sit through the first Justice League trailer four times in the last month in movie theaters because Uh of taking, us going to Wonder Woman, we saw it before that, taking my mom to Wonder Woman, saw it before that, going to Spider-Man, saw it before that, Taking my mom to Spider Man saw before that. That's four times already. Yep. Please ration it out. (laughs) Because I'm already sick of it.
2: Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll see more before the film. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry, people who love the D C movies. I'm sorry. I just don't. I've tried. And I, I loved Wonder Woman, I did, even though it does have its issues, but yeah. they're not big enough issues for me to care about. Well,
2: there are no greater issues than you'd find in any other superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, so... even the best of them still have issues.
0: Yeah, exactly. Nothing's perfect, yeah. and that's fine.
2: Hope, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> but he's uh... nerfect.
0: Okay. But... But until they stop doing the ridiculous speed ramping every two seconds, and oh, yeah. until they actually put color and light back in the movies and stop making them so goddamn serious, <laughs> I'm not going to care.
2: Right. It works in the Netflix series, and even they have a bit of the humor. There's still
0: humor! There's still humor yeah, in them! because
2: those are a bit darker, a bit grittier, but you're in Hell's Kitchen, and it kind of makes sense for that team. But Justice League... You gotta have some four-color stuff in there. I mean, you're going to classic action comics kind of stuff, so... Yeah. I mean, if it was just Batman, fine. Gotham should be dark, but when you're introducing Superman, add a little
0: light. Killing off Superman before Justice League is just so dumb. (laughs)
2: Well, also when they announced that the Flash standalone movie is going to be Flashpoint... Also dumb. Warner Brothers doesn't understand foreplay. They want to get to the key thing.
0: The Warner Brothers... Movie division doesn't understand.
2: Right, that's what I mean.
0: Because it was what four seasons? It took. It was three seasons before Flashpoint even started. Because if it season four was the fallout, is that right? Has it been on for four years? I'm losing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I have to look it up. If I meant
2: the TV network, I would have said the WB.
0: Yeah, but people don't necessarily know the difference because it's all the same company. Filmic
2: Universe, I'd call it Warner, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, the WB seems to have a good handle on what they're doing, though. Arrow can be a little po-faced and borrow a bit too freely from Batman.
0: Yeah, but it still has humor.
2: Yeah, it does have its humorous elements.
0: And it has daylight.
2: Yes, it does have some daylight scenes. And it has color, too.
0: Okay, wait a minute. I was wrong. Season four starts in October. So, basically, they took two full seasons To set up Flashpoint. Flashpoint began at the end of Season 2. Right. And we didn't even know for sure what the consequences were going to be. I mean, we did, but we didn't. And then Season 3 was all about the fallout from Flashpoint. What's nice... And what happened because of it.
2: About Flashpoint is if they want to reboot the franchise, that's a good way of doing it. Because if you have the Flash go back in time and change events... Oh, suddenly things aren't as dark and gritty and speed-rampy as before. Now everything has color, bits of humor because it, they're not uh, going use Flash it that Point way. adjusted the timeline. But
0: they're not going to <laughs> and use And change the
2: tone way. of the DC cinematic universe.
0: One can only hope, but no, it's not going to happen that no,
2: way. No, it'll probably just make it even more bleak.
0: Because Zack Snyder is still the creative controller of this cinematic universe, and I don't understand why, because I have liked 0% of his movies.
2: Yeah, you didn't even like Watchmen
0: at all. No, I didn't. I didn't like the way it was filmed. I didn't like the characters. I mean, the only character I liked was Night Owl, and even then... He left things to be desired. The Not, not the actor's characterization, but yes. just the writing. And having a sex scene to that fucking Hallelujah song. <laughs> what is wrong with you?
2: Having a dinner scene to 99 balloons. It's
0: just... going and
2: balloons. <sighs> Luftballons.
0: And it's just like, I didn't care about anything that happened in that movie. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to have the impact of, of the graphic novel. I really did. Just didn't. It was just a bunch of basically awful people.
2: (laughs) And I'm supposed to like
0: this? (sighs) Sorry, people who loved the Watchmen movie. I loved the Watchmen, but I didn't love the movie. I'm sorry. Hmm. Actually, no, I'm not going to apologize for having an opinion because opinions are neither right nor wrong. They're They're subjective. So if I didn't like it and you did, there's no reason for me to be sorry or for you to be sorry. It's just the way it is. It's just we have a difference of opinion, and neither of us is wrong, and neither of us is right.
2: Yeah, I was on the fence regarding the film.
0: Well, I was over on the other side <laughs> of the fence trying to get away from it as quickly as I could.
2: There's bits I liked, bits I didn't.
0: Well, the thing is, you can't have just bits. If you want me to like your movie, you got to have more than just bits I liked.
2: <laughs> Speaking of, should we get into obsessions and...
0: Obsessions by Calvin Klein.
2: <laughs> you still haven't let that go, huh? <laughs> no.
0: I never will. Never.
2: Okay. So, I'm obsessing about Dungeons & Dragons. Again. Well,
0: still. still
2: really. Because uh, <laughs> the close of the chapter we're on keeps getting delayed, and so it's just...
0: Due to circumstances beyond control. Yeah, there's,
2: you know, it's, nobody's really to blame for it. It's just there was the sketch show, and that kind of ate into it. There's people out of town, or people getting stuck at work, and that's... What you come to expect if you're working with a large team. Five players is a lot. Yeah. Take on the assumption that every once in a while you're not going to be able to get everybody involved.
0: Which is why we have the attenders but, to fall yeah. back on.
2: I've been building up to the conclusion for this chapter for a while. And thing is, it does allow me to keep adding to it. <laughs> it's like I keep thinking of things to include. Even the day of when I thought we were going to play, it's like, oh, that's an interesting twist. I'll add that too. Yeah, I nicked my ear because of those Harry razors. Have that the blade at the very tip.
0: It's the trimmer blade.
2: Yeah, it's the trimmer blade. But I nick myself with it often.
0: Well, why not use the trimmer blade on this part of your face, and then it won't nick you.
2: Oh, that's a good idea, I suppose.
0: Not that everyone needed to hear yeah, that. Yeah, she
2: was playing with my nicked earlobe.
0: Oh, I just I'm sorry. Sorry, I kiss it better.
2: <laughs> Cut my neck with it two once.
0: Are you saying you don't like the Harry's razors? I
2: I like the Harry's razors. I just don't like the blade at the tip.
0: I don't have a problem with it, yeah. but then I'm not shaving my face. Yeah,
2: when you're shaving your legs, I think that's a different
0: story. It gives me a really nice close shave. Yeah, I like that aspect of it, and the shave lasts longer too. I've noticed. Mm, yes, so and I cut myself less frequently.
2: Yep, well, I cut myself more frequently.
0: That's because you've been using fucking dull blades for too long, Dave. <laughs> you need to relearn how to shave with yep. a sharp. Razor which is what you're supposed to do is sh- shave with a sharp razor. Oh, okay. Cuz dull blades give you razor burn and they don't yeah. work right and then you get ingrown hairs and all that shit. So there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> educating a the man on razors.
2: Sh- shaving criticism there.
0: Yeah. Not criticism, I'm just saying you're too used to using a dull blade. Yep. You've got you can't ad- you shave with a sharp blade the same way you do with a dull blade.
2: No, you cannot. In fact, you shouldn't shave with the dull blade because you're just going
0: to create issues. That's what I just said.
2: Yes. Uh, (laughs) So, Dungeons (laughs) & Dragons. Sorry. Did give me an opportunity to talk to Chelsea about what she wants to do for 5th level for her character who's a fighter rogue. (laughs) It's like, do you want to go back into Fighter? you want to go back into Rogue? you want to multi-class as something else? So she was, I think, the one question mark we had in the group as to what she wanted to do with the next
0: level. Well, and so, yeah, when we were finishing our Attenders adventure that we had started last week and didn't have time to finish because it was, it went directions that no one expected. Yeah. So, because, yeah, I pretty much very early figured out which movie this was based on. Oh, it's not
2: that difficult.
0: Yeah, and you said it wouldn't be that difficult, and it was just funny. Basically, Matt was, uh, the, doing a cold open. (laughs) Yes. He had a little adventure by himself. And instead of giving up the idol, no, he escaped. (laughs) So that's different.
2: Yeah. It was our take on Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah. So yeah, instead of handing over the idol to the Belloc character.
0: Belloc. 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 That's his name. Belloc. Yeah. Or Belloc. It's because he's French.
2: Turned and ran off. And also, he jumped over the boulder when there was a wider opening, and so it sealed him in. <laughs> so I had to use shatter on the boulder to get in, to get to him. So Pretty cool. Yeah, he was making a lot of different decisions.
0: And then once I found the Ark of the Covenant, I mean that, that axe with the soul stone in it. I mean that that The axe, Elf Slayer. The Elf Slayer. I, I basically hid it down my shirt yep. in, in back and bluffed that I did not have it. <laughs> and... I
2: don't know what you're talking about. I have seen any acts. You want to come like,
0: down here and look for it? Fine, we'll welcome. just
2: wait till you die down there and then retrieve it ourselves.
0: Bye! Yeah, no. And
2: that's when you got attacked by that bullet.
0: Or the bullet. The bullet. It seems like it should be bullet.
2: Which is a, uh, walks on four legs, armored critter, kind of armadillo-ish with, like, a bullet-shaped head. Very sharp, very hard.
0: Walks on four legs breaks the law.
3: Yeah. Walk onto what happens when we break the law? What happens when the rules aren't fair? We all know where we go from to the House of
0: Fury. Yeah, that thing almost killed me.
2: Yeah, its bite does four die twelve plus four damage. Yeah. And you got nicked twice.
0: Yeah, I had 40 hit points, but with 4 die, 12 plus 4 damage, that's, hmm. yeah, I was down to like 11 hit points really fast. Yeah, you got
2: hit, then healed, then hit again.
0: And that's okay, because then I'm like, fuck it, we're doing Thunderous Smite, because I'm sick of this shit.
2: Well, you came running up and charged it, which blocked it from doing its running leaping attack, which would have been the big thing.
0: Uh, that was the big thing—not yeah. the bite attack.
2: The, the bite's pretty mean, but the but the, the leaping leap attack, attack
0: could have been in like a one-hit kill.
2: It's like an area effect thing; people get knocked prone, and then I think it gets a bite attack on one of the guys, and it's advantaged, something like that. I'd have to read it again. Yeesh. But yeah, you you dealt with them, your group, while uh, Chelsea was playing the arachnid character, and. Standing on the ceiling and firing the hand crossbow down at its head. <laughs> Got a natural 20. That was pretty sweet.
0: That was wonderful. So couldn't partially it to blinded be- it. Yeah, couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah,
2: shot it right in the eye. And then meanwhile, uh, Professor Odd is using Flaming Sphere. Yep. Smacking against its backside, cooking the
0: thing. Yep. And then Thunderous Smite was the turning of the tide. Yep. So, yeah, I was just like, please let me get this roll, because his armor class was frickin' huge.
2: Yeah, because you get to do your standard shield bash damage, plus your shock damage from the thunderous might.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty good I, uh, paladin spell.
0: I did smack the hell out of it for a lot of damage.
2: Yep, so that was a pretty big fight, considering you guys are 4th level characters and it's a 5th level monster.
0: Well, there is a huge amount of experience between 4th and 5th level.
2: Thousands of experience to be earned.
0: Because being level 1 and fighting a level 2 monster is not that big a deal. Yeah. But being level 4 and fighting a level 5 monster is a huge deal. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's because of the proficiency bonus that you guys get at 5th level. Yep. Which the other guys are going to go up to after this adventure. Which Yay. is another reason why I'm obsessed. It's like, I'd like to be done so everybody can level up.
0: Leveling up! Yeah, so, we love leveling up.
2: Yeah, leveling up's fun. You get new abilities and stuff. And when half our team's playing around with multi-class, it makes it interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Ranger again.
2: yep yeah, I'm going Paladin so I get the... Armor class bonus.
0: I might go another level in Druid later.
2: Oh, to get the wild shape?
0: Yeah, because that, that would be fun.
2: Turn into a direwolf? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. How's your obsession?
0: Well, this will come in as no surprise to you, really. Um, yarn? <laughs> no. <laughs> there was yarn. The, the sweet rolls were on sale at Joanne for three for ten, and I didn't go. I was so good. I did not go had regrets about that, but they'll be on sale again someday. Yeah. When I'm not saving for a Comic-Con. Actually, we're always saving for a Comic-Con because they do two a year. Yeah,
2: two a year. X and the Comic-Con proper.
0: Yeah. I just hope they don't do Fanex any later than like mid-March because then it's going to really be hard for me to go to.
2: I don't know. Maybe we just have to decide to only go to one a year and just save up for that one. No! (laughs) No! I guess that's a No.
0: No! God! <laughs> what are you talking about? That's,
2: that's been vetoed.
0: That's been completely vetoed! God! I
2: didn't <laughs> even say that.
0: It's something that I think kind of got sparked by Star Trek Beyond, but I'm just like, I'm restarting all the Star Trek series. Wow. Rewatching all of them. And probably the one that I have seen the least is Enterprise.
2: That makes sense.
0: And so I... and. The first episode of Enterprise is actually a two-parter. Really, it was an hour and a half long, and uh, and I had remembered almost nothing about it. I'm ashamed to say. And as it turns out, from listening to a podcast on Trek FM, uh, excuse me, Trek FM or Trek FM for short, uh, there are a lot of ties to the original series and to Enterprise. Okay. That I did not recognize the ones to, to uh, Enterprise because I haven't seen that in 12 years. Yes. And I only saw it once. So I'm going back and rewatching it. Still love Trip. He's still my favorite character. And I had forgotten how much of a dick Archer is in the beginning. Yeah, he's, he's not likable
2: at all as captain. a captain. In fact, it's rare he makes a best captain's list
0: because he's a dick. Now this is nothing against Scott Bakula because he was doing his job.
2: Yeah. It's, as uh, the character's written.
0: It's and he does get a little better at the end of that first episode because he realizes that he is holding on to old pre- prejudices and right. he needs to stop. He needs to work on that and not let those influence his decisions. So, so yeah, I'm just I'm going to rewatch all of them every single one of them, which is that's five series. So I'm going to have to rotate which episodes I watch from because this past week it was actually, it was over the weekend I was watching from original series and enterprise. So now I got to go to Voyager (laughs) and next generation because the most recent one I rewatched was deep space nine, which I had never actually seen all of because I didn't like it when it was first running. And with, you know, 20-odd years comes a level of maturity that helps me to understand that it, objectively, is the best Trek series.
2: Yeah, Deep Space Nine's really good. It does slip every once in a while, but that makes
0: sense. Well, it doesn't slip very often after the first couple of seasons.
2: Some of their comedy episodes are pretty dire.
0: Not as bad as some of the others.
2: (laughs) I suppose so. I mean, there's some next-gen stuff that's... Very There's some
0: Voyager stuff this pretty question. Oh yeah.
2: Well, we gave up on that series. It just was like, "Ugh, okay."
0: Well, we we didn't Give up so much as they kept moving it around. Yeah,
2: that was part of it, too. So,
0: and that happened with Enterprise as well. And it's just like, if you guys want a series to succeed, quit fucking moving it around. I remember
2: they did that to Babylon, Babylon 5, 5 a lot, too. Yeah. we they missed... do that with sci-fi series all the time.
0: Well, and it got preempted a lot by football. Mm-hmm. Babylon 5 did. And so, it was just like, I don't know when this is on, because this was... In the days before DVRs, guys, there was no guide nope. to look at except the TV guide, a paper TV guide. Yeah, that. <laughs> so it's just I've kind of reimmersed myself in the Star Trek universe um, because I enjoyed Beyond so much. And there were a lot. There were people who didn't like it, and that's fine.
2: Yeah, I liked Beyond. But it's I, the best of the yeah. uh, Kelvin universe. But movies. I didn't
0: like. The 2009, and I didn't like Into Darkness. You all nope. know how we feel about Into Darkness. Yeah,
2: yeah, I didn't like either of those either. So, But, but I like Beyond a lot.
0: The thing about Beyond for me is that I actually felt like these characters really did care about each other. Yeah. It wasn't forced at and, that point. Mm-hmm. When they did the whole thing with Khan, all of the relationships were so forced. They hadn't been together long enough. To form that kind of bond where Spock gets all pissed off that Kirk dies. Spoiler. <laughs> they hadn't formed enough of a bond in my eyes that was convincing that Spock would react in that way.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Now, after seeing Beyond, if you did that, if you did Into Darkness now and did it better, I would believe those relationships. I would believe Spock being upset at Kirk dying. But...
2: Yeah, I think that was the problem with the 2009 Star Trek is they went too young to the point where... Kirk was a cadet. Yep. And to go from cadet to captain.
0: In one movie.
2: Yeah. Mm-mm. It's like, at least be a, an ensign for a little while, you know, work your way up, be a yeah. commander for a little while, you know.
0: And that's the thing. That's what the original Kirk did. Yeah. He had to work his way up. Instead, I mean, he was in his 30s.
2: They gave him this battlefield commission, make him a captain. I mean, that's it, one of those complaints people make about millennials is the expecting things immediately you know it's like you gotta work to get the position that you deserve you know you have to go through the steps
0: i don't necessarily think that that's the millennials fault yeah i think if anything it's our generation's fault
2: yeah of putting that expectation on them
0: well not just that but participation trophies yeah and everybody's special that that whole attitude while in theory Sounds really great to make everyone feel included. It also teaches children to just expect things to be handed to them.
2: Without actually having to strive for them.
0: Because that's what we wanted. We wanted stuff to be (laughs) handed to us and we were made to work for it and we resented that. And so Mm. we're like, well, we're going to treat our kids different and differently, excuse me. And so, you know, that's just my own theory. I'm not saying that that's what really happened with every single Gen Xer who had children.
2: Yeah. It's just... it's just the trend.
0: It's, it just seems to me that that's where that started. Because mm-hmm. each generation detests the generation after it. I don't detest exactly. millennials. Because one of my best friends is a millennial. Mm-hmm. My brother from another mother. 20, <laughs> we're twins separated by 22 years.
2: Well, you've got to look at the world the boomers and Gen X have left them.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. How
2: are they supposed to work in in that economy with the cost of education and all these other things?
0: And that's the thing. It's the short-sightedness of mm -hmm. the people who have come before that have caused these problems. I
2: think Gen X was the first generation to not do better than the generation before it. Mm -hmm. And then Millennials, it's the same kind of situation. It's a downward trend.
0: Yep. Anyway, back to Star Trek. Thumbs up. Excited about the new series. Um, a lot of people are bitching about every little thing.
2: Of not, course, because not it, it's a fandom and you're dealing with sci-fi nerds.
0: <laughs> well, be that as it may, probably the biggest criticisms is, it's another prequel and it's not in the Kelvin timeline. Well, of course it's not in the Kelvin timeline if it's a prequel. Because the Kelvin timeline starts the day Kirk is born.
2: Exactly. If you do it before the original series, then it's before the Kelvin timeline.
0: Yeah, but that's, it's... it's see, By that's definition. The, that's the prime timeline. Yeah. And this is the Kelvin timeline. And technically, Discovery could be in the Kelvin timeline, because it's reportedly about 10 years before the Enterprise exists. Right. Is my guess. It's not completely clear to
2: me. (laughs) Because
0: I know they're really excited because it's a Warp 4 ship. And Enterprise was the first Warp 5 capable ship. Nice. And so, long story short... I am not going to go into into it with any preconceived notions, other than there are some people in there that I really, really love. Super excited to see Jason Isaacs being a badass captain, and uh, Michelle Yeoh being a badass captain, and Doug Jones being a badass alien, <laughs> as per usual. Yeah, it's a good cast. Doug Jones is the best. He's like one of the nicest people ever. Anyway.
2: And they have quite a pedigree for writers and directors, too. So, Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. There, there are some heavy hitters that have worked on Star Trek since Next Generation. That's some pretty heavy hitting there, because that's 30 years in the Star Trek mm-hmm. universe. And there are also other people working behind the scenes that are experts on the prime timeline and continuity. Cool. So... I don't expect that there will be a lot of fuck-ups in that respect. Right. But in any case, I am not going to be that person anymore that wants to hate something before I see it, unless it's something that just doesn't appeal to me in the first place. But this is the first new Star Trek in 12 years. It's also the first Star Trek existing during a time of social media where it is going to be available to the entire world at the same time.
2: Yeah, I think it's a smart move to make it a streaming show rather than a being on show. the network.
0: The, the only downside to it is that it's on CBS All Access, which is an additional monthly fee.
2: Yeah, and that hurts a little.
0: they're partnering with Netflix. Netflix is footing half the bill of this. Okay. And outside of the United States, the episodes will be available on Netflix once a week on Sundays.
2: So it just hurts the U.S.
0: audience. Yep, pretty much. Uh, and the yeah. thing is, if CBS All Access fails, that it's a good thing that Netflix is part of it. Because they could just bring the show over and it could continue regardless of what happens to CBS All Access. That's worst case scenario. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Personally, I think $6 a month for CBS All Access is a little steep. I think it should be $4 a month, like CISO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. So, but
2: it is access to like all their content, isn't it?
0: Uh, like, basically everything they, they are allowed to show. Yes, yep.
2: everything CBS still has the rights, holds to. the rights to mm-hmm. yeah. television rights anyway.
0: Getting back into that Star Trek obsession, but I'm obsessed with so many things, guys. But it, I mean, that's when, the current one, right? Yeah, yeah, when when I was a kid, well, in my early twenties. You don't even know how many Star Trek books I read. I read so many. Many. So many. Probably 20 to 30 in the period of a couple of years. I don't have them anymore because I was running out of space for all those paperbacks.
2: So you got a lot of the the planets and the races and all that in your head?
0: Well, yes, it's in my head, but am I ever going to be able to recall them like Data? No. (laughs) No, I'm not. My recall isn't that precise, so... Alright, shall
2: we move on? Yeah, news and reviews. News and reviews! Oh, let's talk Keanu. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I could see how people are talking about the similarities between it and John Wick, which is interesting because Keanu Reeves does make a sort of voice. Cameo mm-hmm. in
0: it. As the voice of Keanu.
2: Yep. So it's the story of a kitten.
0: Such a cute kitten.
2: Who belonged to a drug runner who gets killed, and then the killers grab that kitty, and then it escapes, runs off, and ends up in this the hands of a recently separated <laughs> or broken up fellow.
0: Yep. He's, he's a creative type. He's a photographer.
2: Yep. Photographer, uh, pot smoker, clearly. Mm
0: hmm. Lives across the way from his drug dealer. Yep. <laughs> They're literally, the, the driveway Lightning separates yep. them. It's like one of those, um, condo so- sort of community yeah. sort of things. So.
2: And this kitten breaks him out of this depressive spiral, actually inspires him to get back into art again. He's doing this calendar of Film scenes with the, the kitten in the role of whatever so great. protagonist there is, like The Shining. Yep. And had the kitty breaking through the door.
0: Mm-hmm. So much fun. Yeah. Just so much fun. Then he's out with his cousin, and his apartment gets broken into, and they take the cat. Mm-hmm. And that ain't good.
2: It's another drug runner gang banger. Yep. By the name of Cheddar.
0: Yeah, and the thing is Cheddar broke into the wrong place.
2: Yeah, I was gonna break into the drug dealer next door and end up uh, breaking yeah. into this place and took the kitty.
0: Meanwhile, we've got the the two killers from the opening sequence yeah, the Looking Allentown for the Cat. Killers. Yeah, the Allentown boys looking for the cat. Of course they are played by Keegan Michael Key and uh Jordan Peel. Yes. So <laughs> It's really funny.
2: So it's a nice, like, double appearance.
0: And uh, and everybody's really set on finding this kitten because... And obviously it's not the same kitten through the entire movie because kittens grow quickly. Oh, yes, they do. So they found some really good doubles because they probably would have had to have two or three kittens at yeah, the least.
2: it's like gray tabbies.
0: Yeah, so cute. Mm-hmm. So cute. Long story short, the boys pretend to be the Allentown guys in order to get their hands on the kitten and they have to show the rest of cheddar's crew how the you know how you run drugs in town out-
2: <laughs> yep which is funny cuz keys character is a team builder i mm-hmm. mean that's what he does he does cor- corporate team building yeah and so he takes those lessons and applies them to these drug runners about communication and getting to know one another <laughs> And that pays off in the end where they're actually,
0: I'm out of ammo. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> look out behind you. I keep forgetting the characters' names. Jordan Peele's character is Rel, and his cousin, played by Keegan-Michael Key, is Clarence. Okay. Method Man plays Cheddar. Right. Which is hilarious. Will Forte is the drug dealer, which is so is the something I've never seen him do. I've never seen him play a role like that, so well done.
2: Yeah. And oh, God, it's funny as hell.
0: Yeah, it's it's really I I actually
2: good. expected it to be more violent than it actually was. Because from what I heard, it was, you know, kind of a balls-to-the-wall action thing. And it has its moments, because there's Drug Deal with Anna Faris playing herself.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> and there's,
2: like, a scene right out of uh, Boogie Nights, where she's... Being really weird and having them play truth or dare to get the money for the drugs.
0: Mm -hmm. And they end up killing everyone in that house. Or
2: do they? Or do they? (laughs) Um,
0: So I'm just like, wait a minute. Mama Ferris is a mom. She wouldn't be doing this. This is entrapment is what this is. (laughs) But, you know, that was my thought at the time. Mm -hmm. So the long and short of it is the kitten chose Rel. Yes. The kitten wants Rel. Yes. And so... Little Keanu keeps finding ways to get back to Rel, regardless of what's going on. Helps Rel escape the, uh, the Allentown boys, whose character names are actually Smoke and Oil Dresden.
3: <laughs> They're
0: brothers, apparently. Smoke
2: and Oil Dresden.
0: Obviously not their real names. No. The kitten uh, is heroic. <laughs> yep. In the end, the kitten helps bring down the major drug dealer. uh,
2: Louise Guzman
0: Yep, it's funny It's
2: really freaking funny Especially talking about George Michael
0: Oh god, that was the best (laughs)
2: Convincing the the gang members that he's superior musician.
0: Well, he never said that he wasn't black. Yeah, so was that like, was part God, of it. This
2: sounds really white. It's like, no, it's it's soulful. Listen his, to those lyrics. I mean, he, skin, never, he never... Skin is,
0: his skin isn't figure. that white. <laughs> you know, he never actually says George mm-hmm. Michael is white. My favorite sequence, though, I think, was the trip on Holy Shit yeah. That's the name of the drug, holy shit, that Clarence accidentally had because he thought he was taking a hit of a pot, and mm-hmm. it was holy shit. Yep. And,
2: and he actually gets <laughs> dropped into the Faith video.
0: Oh my god, it was Gotta so have well faith,
2: done. got Faith the Faith, faith
0: uh. It was just so well done. And that's, of course, when we hear the cat talk Yep, in Keanu Reeves' voice, which is delightful. Because Keanu Reeves is a good sport.
2: I love how, at any moment... It's one or the other that is fully invested in going through this mm-hmm. pretense of being the Allentown brothers. As when one starts having the doubts, it's like, okay, all right, we've got the cat. That's all we need. And then Clarence, his wife, is visiting her ex for whatever reason. I guess just to... No. Isn't, what's no, the story they, behind that?
0: These, these guys are all friends and they go on trips together. And they were going away to a cabin, and Clarence didn't go because his wife wanted him right. to work on himself. See, at, at the-,
2: the impression I got is this was like her ex. Oh, no, no, but no. But that was no, no. okay.
0: His wife was sick.
2: Ah, and so it was.
0: So it was just him and her and then all of the kids.
2: And he made advances. Mm
0: -hmm, Which everybody knew that was going to happen because Rob Hubel is really great at being despicable.
2: Yes. And so when he hears about that, he gets super intense and Mm -hmm. gets into that gangster mode. Because that anger against his friend.
0: Friend, friend, in quotations.
2: quotations, Is uh, projected to... Some of the gang members, like Cheddar in particular, is like, We made a deal and you're going to back out now, mm-hmm. sort of thing.
0: It was real beforehand that's like, You know, because Cheddar wants them to do this other thing. And he's like, We made this deal. Mm-hmm. We do this, you give us the cat. Yep. And it was just this really quiet and <laughs> intense thing about how you don't get to go change in the deal.
2: Yeah, because his love for this cat is so much that, you know, they're actually going to be pretending to be these hardcore killers. Just to get the kitty back.
0: <laughs> it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And and the end is realistic, in my opinion, because they have this night of doing a lot of illegal stuff, and they end up in jail.
2: They do indeed.
0: <laughs> Not for as long as, say, the killers do, nope. but yeah, because somebody was an undercover cop. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was just so funny, and I liked that there... And, you know, she even says... There's consequences for your actions, mm-hmm. which is the way real life is. Yeah,
2: it's nice to see that at the end of an action film. is like, oh, the heroes actually go to jail because they broke laws.
0: Yeah, they, they actually, well, they tried to kill people. They tried to kill smoke and oil.
2: Yep. We
0: thought they were dead. I didn't really think they no. were dead. They're, <laughs> they're not dead. There could be a sequel. There Keanu 2. We don't know. I do like, though, that because of Clarence's team-building skill, they have their own little gang in prison mm-hmm. with some of, with all the people from Cheddar's gang. Yep. It's a delightful film. <laughs> uh, if you are adverse to hearing the N-word spoken by black people, then I would avoid this. Well, they
2: call that out, too, because mm-hmm. it comes across very unnatural the first time they try to sound like authentic gangsters and even get called out It's like, nobody talks like this. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: They get better at it throughout the movie. They get better at their roles. Uh, I do appreciate that when his wife gets back home, which is at the same time as all of this other stuff has gone down.
2: Oh yeah, there's police on the lawn and and all that.
0: Clarence just pulls the guy out of the car and decks him and Mm -hmm. his wife's like, you need to have sex with me
2: right now.
0: <laughs> yep. And he's like, "Stay in the car, can't. Stay in the car, we'll be right back." <laughs> She's like climbing on him.
2: Yep, carries her off into the house. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's I really fun. enjoyed it. What else we got?
2: I uh, watched Minority Report. I don't know how much I want to say about it, but I do see how Abram's lifts from Spielberg mm. even with the lens flares. And just the approach to science fiction. It was an interesting concept, but I thought it was too busy and had too much reliance on weird special effects. And it was one of those films where it was kind of the transition from practical to CG. And so the the combination of the two things was often odd. Like, the police would use jetpacks, and it's not quite convincing enough.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone with jetpacks, but...
2: Yeah, and they're... Helicopter replacement vehicles are odd too because they're all in harnesses and they get dropped in this rotating like harness thing.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, that may be stuff that's from isn't it based on a book?
2: It's yeah, Philip K. Dick.
0: So it's pro- that's probably stuff that was in the book. Which, when the book yeah. was written, that was like the most futuristic thing anyone could think of. Yeah.
2: So. Oh, the cops have jetpacks, and every once in a while you'd see like. And we talked about this before, is how the homes looked pretty much as they do now. Mm -hmm. But you kind of get that in science fiction as well, as certain things don't change, other things do. Some things, you know, like furniture, he's like, yeah, you want antique furniture, so if it looks a bit like the modern day furniture we have now.
0: Yeah, well, this is the way I look at it. Um, Technology may make huge advancements, but stuff like house design and stuff like that is not going to go so totally out into the left field. Yeah. Because let's think about just 20 years ago, where the internet was just barely really being big. Yeah. And now we have computers in our hands. Yep. In the size of our palm. Yep. Has house design changed immensely in that time? No, not really. Has car design gotten really out there? Yep. No. And so that's why though we might have these major technological advances, that doesn't mean that homes are going to look completely different.
2: Yeah. And the concept of having thought police is that's a, interesting that's rid- in its own right. It's
0: it's a ridiculous idea. I <laughs> mean, I mean, I'm not saying that the idea itself, but I mean going into the context of that world, the idea that they could police people's thoughts, that is obscene. Well, even how
2: it's addressed in the film and that it's just in Washington, D.C. at the start, and then the whole thing is wanting to expand it nationally. It's like, how how do you manage to get the legal rights to do it in a city in the first place? Because aren't there overriding federal laws that don't allow to arrest people for things they haven't done?
0: If they get federal approval for that. And look at the current administration. Yeah. And the kind of shit they're trying to pull. Yeah. It's it's not unheard of.
2: It's just odd. I mean, but once once you start really thinking about it, you're like, okay, how how did they get to that point? I mean, how did they get allowance to run this?
0: How did Hitler come to power?
2: Yeah, but I mean, just in one city.
0: Yeah, well, you see, that's it. Always starts in just one place. Yeah, it doesn't ever start at a national level. But just the idea that anyone would think that was a good idea is like, oh yeah, let's <laughs> uh, let's. Let's make it illegal to think bad things. I, I mean, that's the ultimate Big Brother crap.
2: You could arrest people for attempted murder.
0: Yeah, but just because you think about some killing someone doesn't mean you'll ever actually do it.
2: And that's the whole crux of it is every once in a while the um, psychics wouldn't agree. Kill a boy. But those moments were erased from the record because they showed a flaw in the system.
0: Well, and besides that, you're still dealing with human error.
2: Especially from some fractured minds because the psychics, they developed through being the offspring of people who took this, like, weird experimental drug. Oh. And they just realized that these weird waking dreams they had were of future murders. Oh so they gathered the most talented of those and then secluded them away and kept them in this weird, like, awake coma state. So they'd continually predict stuff.
0: That's horrifying. Yeah. But it's supposed to be.
2: (laughs) And so you're kind of working with odd slave labor, too. It's like not treating them as human. They they even say that in the film. It's like it's better if you don't treat them as
0: human. Oh no. Oh no. No, no. <laughs> and don't no. even
2: consider them human. They're no. they're a machine.
0: Mm-mm. yeah. No, they're not. Sorry. They're not androids so. from Westworld. That's not no. Yeah, it was they weren't built. They were born. That makes them people
2: kinda crazy busy at times, had some weird, like going a little too far scenarios, such as this cybernetics doctor that replaces Tom Cruise's eyes that just look weird. He looks weird with brown eyes.
0: Why? Why <laughs> give him brown eyes?
2: Well, the eyes had like chips in them. So, or they'd read your retinas and recognize you. So he had, he had to replace his eyes so he couldn't be tracked when he yep. went on but the But Why lamb. did he
0: have to get brown eyes?
2: Because those were the ones available, I guess. <laughs> He actually ended up with a Japanese last name. So they belonged to a Japanese gentleman before he got them.
0: Whatever. It's just one of those things. It's like, why? What is the point of this? Oh, and
2: even when he was going to use his old eyes to get into the building, which I don't know why they just didn't cancel his clearance altogether, considering he was a criminal suspect.
0: Plot hole. Yeah,
2: definitely. He dropped them and they rolled and nearly went down a drain.
0: Oh, God.
2: So it's like, just... Just little things like that, like...
0: Ugh, no. Yeah. No.
2: It's like, read your tone. What's what's your movie?
0: Well, I'm never going to sit through it, yeah, so... It was,
2: it was an odd film. Yeah. But I just heard a lot of people talking about it recently, so, you know, comparing it to other science fiction films. I thought, no, oh, I'll just watch it, since it happened to be on at the time. Yep. But, yeah, it's something I think people could skip. Well... Not to be too put out.
0: I was never excited by it anyway, so... Nope. Yeah.
2: It's an interesting concept that could have been treated better. Yes. Kind of like surrogates is a little bit like that. Interesting concept, but you could go about it differently.
0: Yeah, agreed. So you guys may remember a little while ago, a couple months or so, that I was on a podcast called Melodic Treks.
2: You were indeed. Which
0: is part of the Trek FM podcasting network. And out of the blue, I got a message saying, hey... Are you an original series fan? <laughs> How many hey.
2: E's and H's and Y's are in that? Hey. I'm,
0: I'm interpreting. Basically, that ended up with me doing some more podcasting on the Trek FM network. Uh, there is a show going on right now that just debuted last week that is leading up to the premiere of Discovery, which we're calling The Edge. The Edge. And I'm on episode three. The power went out halfway through the podcast. And when I say it went out, I mean a Transformer exploded. And we were without power for about five hours.
2: Yep, so she drops out about about midpoint of the
0: podcast. Yeah, which was a bummer because there were some things I really wanted to talk about. Like how nobody... I love I love everyone on that podcast, but nobody spent much time on Jason Isaacs. and I'm like, come on, he is more than Lucius Malfoy. I have liked him since Event Horizon. That's twenty years, man.
2: He was Captain Hook.
0: Years. He can do anything, and he is a delightful human being. Yep. Absolutely delightful. His panel at Salt Lake Comic Con last year was so much fun. He doesn't have a moderator. He just gets up there and he talks. Oh, yeah. Because he's one of those people that doesn't need a moderator. He was talking about how when he had gotten the part of Lucius Malfoy, and he basically changed what the character appeared to be. I it, mean, what he looked like.
2: Yeah, he's supposed to be a businessman. Yeah, and so they were going to have him in a
0: business suit, and he's, he's like, like, no. I'm not
2: dressing like no, a no, muggle. No, 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 no. This, this guy's guy traditionally magic.
0: This is, you know, one of the old wizarding families, and we, no. No, and so he started just taking all of these different elements from wardrobes, putting them on, and then, hey, no, let's have this blonde wig here. (laughs) Just all of this stuff, which ended up being part of that on-screen character. Yeah. That that was Jason there, guys. So I wanted to talk about things like that because he's just a really cool guy and one of those people that can make Mm -hmm. me forget who he is.
2: Oh, and his cruelty to Dobby. Mm -hmm. when he kicks him down the stairs and
0: oh yeah that that was him too the kicking because that was the character Mm -hmm. that was absolutely what the character would have done but anyway it was a delightful experience and i will hopefully be on some future episodes and there are other things in the works that i cannot talk about so stay tuned
2: it seems like once you're in that network you're on different shows so you get invitations to be on this show get invitations yeah. to be on that show.
0: The people at Trek FM are just so inviting and accepting and great people. All of their podcasts are very, very highly rated like. Right. Pretty much all of them are five stars. Yeah. So, in fact, the overall, like, if you subscribe to the Master Feed, which is the easiest way to pick and choose which podcast you want to listen to. Yeah, I
2: think Earth 2 does a similar thing.
0: Yeah, because there's 24, there's 24, well, 25 probably now. With the edge, but uh, yeah, there's something for every corner of Trek fandom that you can possibly think of, and the overall rating for the Masterfeed five stars, just five stars, five stars. And so, part of me is like, what do you want with me? <laughs> but
2: well, you should talk to that uh, that network, and if they have any promos, we can air them.
0: That is true. I shall put that in the uh, the the group discussion thingy. Yeah. So say hey. And if um, anybody
2: wants to drop a promo, we'll we'll air it.
0: Great people at Trek FM. I'm excited to be working with them. And when I have more details about things that are happening in the future, I will let you all know. woo Finally. 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 Last week, Talent yes. Salad.
2: Talent Salad, yes. We got to debut our Brave and Dandy show.
0: Indeed.
2: We did two scenes. And we, since the theme of that variety show was heat, we... Asked people for a location that was hot. So we opened with Miami. We got to be Frank and Dolores. You enjoy those characters a lot. I enjoy those characters Mm. a lot.
0: Dolores wanted a lot of mojitos.
2: Yes. I wasn't drinking in that scene, which was unusual.
0: Yeah. It was the American birthplace of the mojito because mojito is a Cuban drink. Right. And so it migrated to Florida and uh, that's where it really started. And it took a while to spread across the U.S. I don't know why anyone wouldn't like a mojito. It (laughs) is... One of the most delicious drinks ever, ever. I
2: like the vodka one rather ever. than the rum one.
0: Depends on what kind of rum is used. Okay. So if you are looking for a sweeter taste, use coconut rum. Mm. Because if you use coconut rum, and then with the lime and the mint, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, it's so good. god. So, yeah, that was a fun scene.
2: Yeah, the typical you wanting a divorce, me not allowing it to you, or just toying with you. Just barbs back and forth, because that's how we entertain one another.
0: I started early with the divorce thing, because I was hot and sweaty. I did (laughs) not care for it. Nope. Yeah, that one was fun. And the second scene really was probably the most fun for the audience.
2: Yes, uh, they suggested hell being a hot place. And so I decided to be Belial and you were Sin and it was your millennial review. <laughs> I was basically middle management and you were a field agent. Yeah. And so I was just doing your work review and you were being super modest for all the really awesome things you had done, <laughs> like the whole internet and access to porn and, mm-hmm. and internet trolling.
0: Social media.
2: Yep. Social media, Twitter.
0: I had to racism you know i didn't I didn't succeed the first time because my space just didn't last, yeah, Twitter and Facebook those are here to stay. <laughs> it was like
2: well, there was the that top six top
0: six friends yeah.
2: friends thing to alienate your other friends, mm-hmm. so yeah it was the beginning. <laughs> It was baby steps. You already had something there.
0: It was a good theory. It just needed to be tweaked. Yep. So that one was a lot of fun for me. Yeah.
2: It seemed like the audience really enjoyed that one, too.
0: Yep. That's something that could be a recurring thing.
2: Oh, yeah. If we ever get Hell as a suggestion again. Yeah. Be like, oh, we'll go back to those two characters because it's interesting the the middle manager who's a bit jealous of the field agent and her accomplishments and then she's like super modest about the amazing things she's done yeah, it's, it's like... a good dynamic it's a good game
0: don't talk about my dad, okay? I want to be judged on my own performance.
2: <laughs> it's like, that's kind of how we opened. It's like, well, let's get the elephant out in the room. Is Yeah, the whole nepotism thing. I know your dad's the big guy. you know, Lord of lies. <laughs> like, but, you know, we'll just leave that to the side. We're talking about you here.
0: It was fun. And I think it was well-received.
2: It was well-received. I even liked how the chair was set up because I was facing You? And addressing you like directly, your chair was away as if you were sitting casually.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you just turned your head and listened to me. That's it was like, cool. like you didn't even have to face me directly. No. So it was a nice, nice scene. Yeah. Tableau.
0: And the rest of the show was really fun too. We had a wide variety of performances.
2: Yeah, magicians. That was cool. Yes. Had a guy from Hawaii doing some songs. He was funny. Ukulele.
0: He was adorable and entertaining, and I really enjoyed him. Antonio, our friend Antonio, did a dramatic reading, and it was brilliant and made me cry. tears. He knew it would. Yep. He remembered that I said that I'm a very emotional person, and so he was, like, targeting Mm me, (laughs) which is fine.
2: Yes, Bill did an original song, and then Danielle and Chelsea would be up there every once in a while doing storytelling. Yeah,
0: in between each act. Yeah. And that was so it's like
2: reading off all the movies that had the heat <laughs> title. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, the Burt Reynolds one that for a while had the most dangerous stunt. The guy who actually did a free fall off a skyscraper. Lots of fun.
0: It was a really fun evening. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the next one.
2: Yeah, next one's gonna be birthday.
0: Because both Chelsea and Danielle have birthdays yep. in August.
2: So we'll likely do two scenes.
0: Yeah, because they can't stop us from signing up again. ha <laughs> <Yeah>, No we <laughs>
2: We were well-received, and uh, the other artists liked what we had done, and the uh, actual audience liked what we had done, and the fellow improvisers had complimentary things to say. Which was lovely. That we have a good dynamic because we have a long history together, and we can get on the same page almost immediately. Indeed. So I'm doing this, you're doing that, okay, let's go.
0: hmm Let's do this thing.
2: We pick up on each other's clues as to what we're doing.
0: Yeah, it was a good evening. Yeah. Okay, that is it for news and reviews. So dark track. Dark track of the Fortnite Industrial, EBM, pop, electronic,
1: indie, new wave, metal, and gothic, fast, high tempo, IDM, darkwave, synthpop, futurepop, dark, future dark
2: electro, gothic rock. So Be Born Baton is a German synthpop. EBM Band, who were founded in
0: 1989
2: mm. and are known for their dance floor filling tunes, and I think the one we have to play for you is no different. The members are Stefan Till Tillman, who does composing, synthesizers, and drums, Michael B. Wagner, composing and synthesizers. And Stefan Nezio, who is the lyricist and vocalist. Their name, Beborn Baton. Beborn is a nonsense word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, baton is the German word for concrete. Oh. And was named from the urban place in which they grew up. So the song we have for you is called 24-7 Mystery. So this is 24-7 Mystery by Beborn Baton.
3: She places the room with her presence. She owns it. Yes, yeah, she owns it. Everybody's heads turn. Everybody waits for a sign.
2: I saw your head bobbing. No,
0: it was very good. I enjoyed it. I liked the vocals a lot.
2: Yeah, it's that uh, deep, resonant, Germanic, Teutonic vocal style. Yeah, I enjoy that a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like it because it gives it a gothy edge. Indeed. Because often the vocals of that dark, alternative style tend to be in that register. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in, like, EBM.
0: It had good flow. I liked the synthesizers. Yeah. And obviously, I enjoyed it cuz i listened to the whole thing sometimes i'll just be like oh that's enough like, yeah you will raise enough. your
2: hand like it was a uh, audition for so you it's think like, you could dance <laughs> you just raise your hand and cut the music it's like yeah i i got the gist that she listened to all the way through
0: yeah so but it's it was very enjoyable
2: yeah once the beat kicked in especially i saw your head start to bob it's cool it's sexy it's fun it's a nice song about you know being attracted to a woman and even has things that aren't superficial about you know the internal beauty
0: yeah that's a nice surprise
2: and i like the that she's of heaven but also the devil and so she's complex and and not just specifically one thing or the other you know she's not just a bad girl and not just the innocent thing Is like no she's she's got facets
0: well that's most people really yeah yeah
2: she's well-rounded she has many sides so i gotta she can't that.
0: be rounded and have sides
2: <laughs> um, well, have you ever been, like, on some kind of digital, like, painter design site, and you get, like, a hexagon, and then you move it up to multiple sides other than, like, six, and you get up to, like, 20, and starts to look more and more like a circle?
0: Yeah, but circles don't have sides. Yeah, well, they
2: have an inside and an outside.
0: <laughs>
2: <sighs> and if they're in the way, they have a downside. Oh, God. <laughs> And if you find them very handy, they have an upside. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Damn> it. <laughs> that should not be funny. <laughs> uh. <Anyway. laughs>
2: so, yes. Beborn Baton.
0: Yes. Yeah. Weird name,
2: but good music. Yeah. Good, nice dance floor song. hmm
3: at the edge of the universe when the future is in peril. Got Cardassians on our back doorstep. One man faces an impossible mission. I will do the job I've been ordered to do, sir. To protect a defenseless space station.
1: I don't believe the Federation has any business being here.
3: Command an untested crew ah! and to a deadly encounter. You will disarm your weapons. Join Amory and Peter on the broadcast for Smut and Starships, as they begin their coverage of Deep Space Nine with Emissary, recording 20th of March. All feedback welcome via broadcast at geekplanetonline.com, the Geek Planet online forums, or our Tumblr site, broadcast.tumblr.com.
2: Time to get into the point? I hope so. We've been yammering on for an hour. This we actually should have talked about episodes and episodes and episodes ago, because um, it's... Scorpio, the zodiac sign, and we tend yeah. to do one a year, and we're all nearly done with this year's series of episodes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I
2: think we've got one more after this, and we've got our, our 50
0: Yeah, he's not counting it as a calendar year, guys, so don't be confused. Oh,
2: no, it's from when we start to where we end. It's our season.
0: Yes, our series.
2: Yeah, our series.
0: We're in series two.
2: Yes, we are on series two, at the end of series two. (laughs) At the
0: end of series two. Very exciting. There's going to be a cliffhanger, guys. (laughs) Just kidding.
2: Typically, you talk about Scorpio around October, because October 23rd is the start of Scorpio, and it goes into, what, November 22nd? Yep. And so it's around the Halloween time. I think you were doing the Ha Ha, I'm Dead sketch preparation stuff around that time.
0: Yeah, well, we did do Wasn't that. Wasn't that last year? Yeah, that was last year, because it was the same night that Little Shop of Horrors opened, and it was October.
2: Yeah, and so we had all that Halloweeny, Octobery kind of stuff. Which, and I think I might have had a Halloween music special around that time as well. Mm -hmm. And so that would have chewed into our episodes. So it kind of got bumped, but we're going to address it now. Scorpio. Scorpio. Which, to me, is the most gothy of the zodiac signs. Because really, it's about darkness. And that a Scorpio's power is in the dark. They're very mysterious.
0: Mm. And
2: that kind of adds to their appeal, because... Scorpios are also known to be very sexual. Their body part is the genitals. Ew. Is with Taurus's, is, 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 is ours is the neck and shoulders. Right. And that's where we hold a lot of our stress. And it's like how the bull that we're associated with has the horns. We carry those horns and they have a weight to them. And so every once in a while you have to remove those horns and let yourself
0: relax. <laughs> yeah, i got to take off the horns, man. Yeah
2: but that's where our power is too so you know you have to take off that that taurian power to relax every once in a while and that's difficult for tauruses but um scorpio's are into power too but it's like a secretive powers the power of mystery they're ruled by pluto who is the god of the underworld and scorpio's have an attraction to death and mortality and are drawn to things that are dangerous Especially if you're the Moon sign Scorpio, where it's your emotions are tied to it, is that they're constantly thinking about death and mortality, and are drawn to things like zombies and vampires, <laughs> and that sort of thing, and even orgasm, which is the little death, that so you have to hold your breath to actually climax, and during that moment, it's it's being close to death, and that's something Scorpios are drawn to as well as that that proximity to death which also makes them rather intense and attractive.
0: Strangely, uh, most people, well, most quote-unquote experts, agree that uh, Scorpios are most compatible with Taurus and Cancer.
2: Yeah, um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, Scorpio is a water sign. Mm-hmm. Water signs are the more emotional signs. But with Scorpio, because it's a fixed sign, it's more of a consistent emotional uh, exploration. They really are about self-exploration and, and coming to terms with themselves and being self-assured and self-knowledge, but they don't reveal that to anybody because that's, nope. that's where their power is, is. Who they truly are, they keep to themselves.
0: Which makes them seem cold a lot of the time. Oh,
2: cold and distant and dangerous too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're considered the most dangerous of the signs, that scorpion sting. Oh yeah. And if you ever ever cross them, Those stingers are likely to come out. And because they're so good at reading themselves, they're good at reading others. And they'll... Another animal associated to the Scorpio than just the scorpion is the eagle. Mm. And they have like an eagle-like expression, eagle-like eyes. They often have sharp features and very piercing gaze. And when they look at you, they seem to look through you. And they're capable of reading you because they're so associated with their own secrets and their own dark desires that they can spot them in, in other people. And so if you cross a Scorpio, they might reveal your secrets that you didn't even know they knew about you. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they can read character. And so, yeah, it's best not to cross a Scorpio because uh, vengeance is something that's part of their dark half personality.
0: They hate dishonesty. Oh, yeah. And so though they will play their own cards very close to the vest... If you reveal something, or if you're dishonest with them, oh, gloves are off.
2: Yeah. Um, gloves are off. Because they'll be brutally honest themselves, but it, their, their deceitfulness comes from withholding information.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not giving false information, just withholding information. Yeah. And that's that power of the dark. Though a, a karmic lesson for Scorpios is to know that there's power in the light too. Yeah. And that finding intimacy, which is something Scorpios seek... Because it's a very isolated sign, and that vulnerability, intimacy, these are things that a Scorpio may desire. But to get that, they have to reveal bits of themselves, which is tricky for Scorpios.
0: Yeah, they don't like doing that.
2: And I think that's why they might pair well with the Taurus, because Taurus is also a fixed sign. It's a fixed Earth sign. And Earth signs can be pretty sensual, too. I mean, they're not as sexually adept as Scorpios. Torians do like sex, but they don't have to have it. Scorpios pretty much live on it. It kind of feeds their energy as is, is sexual passion and expression. So they can pair well as a romantic partnership, or even just a partnership partnership, because Torians value trust. Big time, and so do Scorpios. And they do not give up that trust easily. I mean, they're they're trustworthy, and so Scorpios can rely on them. And Taurians are also really great friends, surprisingly generous, because we'll give you the shirt off our back if if necessary. Yeah, but Torians don't make friends easily because we don't give up trust that easily either. So there are similarities there. I think it's that fixed sign thing is that we don't move from our position easily.
0: Yeah, well, and another thing about Taurian trust is if you betray that trust. You're probably never going to get it back.
2: Oh, no, because grudges. No, not grudges. (laughs) It has
0: nothing to do with grudges and everything to do with, I mean, just me personally, if you break my trust, I'll probably never trust you again. Yes. Because you will likely not even realize you broke my trust Mm -hmm. because you don't seem to understand trust. (laughs) And so, yeah, so I'm never going to look at that person the same way. And more often than not, if the, if the. Indiscretion is bad enough, I will just cut that person out of my life.
2: Right. And that has happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've had friends that we don't associate with anymore because they crossed that line. Mm -hmm. It's like, nope, you're out. You're, (laughs) don't consider you at all anymore. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. (laughs)
0: Because, (laughs) bye, Felicia. It's just really hard to give that trust in the first place. So if I give someone trust, that is a massive thing for me. Oh, yeah. If that trust is betrayed, you are dead to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Because we don't give it easily. No. And so when we give it and then it's rebuked or broken, yeah.
0: Yeah, which is why Torian would get along with the Scorpio, because Scorpios wouldn't do that.
2: Scorpios are the best secret keepers.
0: In the world.
2: Because they keep their own secrets and they understand how important that is. That if you tell a Scorpio something in uh, in confidence, they're going to keep that confidence. Definitely. Uh they're very put together. Scorpio. Torians kinda have that too. They they just look nice. I think Capricorns are that way as well. They just look put together. And often trend setting. They have their own style. And so it's something very unique. And I think that adds to the mystery of them, too. Is it's a very specific thing that a Scorpio will dress in a fashion that's, that is unique to them.
0: Well, that's because they do not care what anyone else thinks of them.
2: That's true. They don't need you. They do not that's, need you. That's the secret of this. a Scorpio is you may be really super attracted to a Scorpio. And just if, if you get attached to their energy, which is a very attractive magnetic energy, they don't need that back from you. Mm-mm. they're fine on their own. They can be very solitary creatures. And so that's something to consider. <laughs> yeah, when, like well, dating a Scorpio or something is they don't need you as much as you need them.
0: And then on the flip side of that, when they do desire someone, they can be very possessive. Oh, yes. Very jealous.
2: Yeah, because they selected very that suspicious. one thing over everything else.
0: Yeah, they... It's they like an oasis
2: in a desert, because they ha- yeah. have all that available to them if they want to go get it. Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, something that's difficult to hold on to, yeah. They and
0: can be very jealous of it. They all also always think they're right, so they are very controlling. <laughs>
2: yeah. They're, Capricorn has a bit of that. Virgo, too. Virgo
0: really has that, big time.
2: Yeah, Virgo, I think, is the worst for that.
0: Uh, they are the worst for that. However, Scorpios, the thing about Scorpios is that... They will get their revenge. Even if it takes a lifetime, <laughs> they will get yeah. their revenge. Yeah,
2: I can see him holding grudges. Anything else you want to say of Scorpio? Anything, Golly. <laughs> I know we could list a bunch of famous Scorpios, but I don't think we're to that point yet.
0: There's no middle ground with a Scorpio. You're either going to love them or you're going to hate them. Mm, very true. And So they're either going to be your best friend in the world or they're going to be your worst enemy. Yes. They can be very passionate, but you never see that on the surface.
2: Oh, yeah. Ever. If they open up to you, and that's a good way of getting in good graces with a Scorpio is find out what their passion is mm-hmm. and if you want to discuss that topic with them but know that you're gonna go on a deep dive with them because yep. whatever their passion is they've learned a lot about it
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so this a Scorpio is often the person who's like a big music nerd and if there's a particular band they they're into They'll know everything Everything. about that band. It's like Jimmy Pardo and Chicago. Mm -hmm. He knows the entire run of everybody who was in that band. Probably release dates of every album and where they've toured and all that. So he might be a Scorpio.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Let's find out. What, Jimmy Pardo? Yeah. I'm going to find out.
2: A Scorpio's passion runs deep. And so if you start on that topic, if you're patient enough, they can tell you everything.
0: Actually, he's a Leo.
2: Oh, he's a Leo.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. interesting. Yep.
2: Well, that's something to address. Is this whole zodiac thing? Is how much credibility you really put into it?
0: Well, it's just interesting. You know, I'm not. I don't live my life by it. Yep. But uh, I find that there are a lot of true things. True generalizations Mm, about people born in that certain time period.
2: Yeah, because I know the criticism of it is the idiocy of thinking that your life is ruled by some planet somewhere and where that planet is in space at any one time.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And with the Scorpio, Pluto wasn't discovered until like 1930s. And so really their previous ruling planet was Mars. Yep and that gives them also their their bravery and masculine energy even even women Scorpios have this kind of masculine energy to them but also if you think of just people who are born around the same time might have the same traits just by the zeitgeist of when and where they grew up it's like a generational thing just broken down into 12 parts a similar thing with the chinese zodiac but that covers an entire year you know year of the rat year of the monkey there's certain similarities you'll find between individuals that were born around the same time and you got to figure i mean did the the traits come first or did the sign come first you know yeah (laughs) it's like which one indicated the other yeah and also you got to think of possible placebo effect. I mean, if this thing is telling you these are your traits, those are the ones that are going to be expressed more, maybe. And also the vagueness of, like, everybody has these traits in them. It's just, we're addressing these specific ones. It's like the whole thing about being many-sided, like in the song, which I chose specifically because it seemed to relate to Scorpio about being a mystery. But yeah, it's like we're all multiple levels, you know, many layered like an onion.
0: (laughs) The layers.
2: Layers. Yeah, how much stock you put into Zodiac. I mean, that's going to vary from person to person.
0: It's just fun. Yeah,
2: some people just enjoy the fun of it. If you get to some of the astrology experts that are kind of casual with it, it's just it becomes like just speaking points, you know?
0: Ask any adult what their sign is, and they know. Yeah, usually, yeah. So people know what their astrological sign is.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, even the ones that doubt out know that they're a Leo.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're not saying live your life by these. We've never said that.
2: It's just fun. Because, you know, you just address the certain aspects of whatever sign it is, like, Leos are known for their, their mane, their wonderful hair, and also they like the spotlight and are very into themselves. <laughs> yep. Tauruses, stubborn, bullheaded, and often highly stressed and uh, don't trust easily, but make good friends and teachers and are very traditional. Yes. Gemini's a bit uh, two-faced, as they say. Split personality. The guy you hire might not be the same guy the next day. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> 'Cause really they're two people in one.
0: Two, two, two people in one. Yep.
2: Sagittarius, the uh the hunter outdoorsy, like to pursue things, don't like to be tied down to any one thing. So yeah, Scorpios the same kinda scenario. You know, there's certain traits that, that get expressed more intensely, I guess. Such as intensity. Scorpios are very intense.
0: Yes, that is true. Should we talk about uh, well, or list off some famous Scorpios? Yeah. Did you have a list already? sorry. I I know, I've got... You you, you said it, so I thought you had No, I've got lists. Okay. Um, Johnny Carson. Okay. He was a very private person.
2: Yes, there's not a lot of people that know the real Johnny Carson.
0: Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Weird Al.
2: Weird Al is a Scorpio.
0: Yeah. Kevin Klein. Hmm. Katy Perry. Right. Uh, Pablo Picasso. Hillary Clinton. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. Oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Um, Yeah, because that's, that, I think that's kind of
2: my reticence as to being a Hillary proponent is that you never know the real her.
0: Yeah, but you also can trust her.
2: Oh. (laughs) Trust her with secrets? Yeah. Yeah. John Heater. Ooh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Sylvia Plath. There's not a surprise. (laughs) Bill Gates, also not a surprise. Joaquin Phoenix, also not a surprise. Mm. Um, Julia Roberts, do not care. Sorry, guys.
1: I don't like (laughs) Julie Roberts. Oh,
0: another one I don't care about. Winona Ryder. Yep. Gabrielle Union. That makes sense. Uh, Grace Slick. Interesting. Oh. Harry Hamlin. John Candy. Piper Parabo. That makes sense. (laughs) Jenny McCarthy. Hmm. Lyle Lovett. Interesting. David Schwimmer. Huh. Katie Lang. Dennis Miller. Kate Capshaw. Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) That one seems
2: obvious, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So that's... That's, I'm sure, only a partial list. There was a list I looked at that had Catherine Hepburn on it, and I'm like, Gu- guys, have you looked up the birthday of Catherine Hepburn? It's May 12th, 1907.
2: Oh, there we go. The cusps. I know one of them's the Sagittarius Scorpio cusp. Yep. Which, whew, don't date that guy. Wow. And
0: there's the Libra cusp yeah, the as Yeah, Libra, well. Libra a bit going a balance. Yeah, Libra is way more balanced. A- Libra is a peacemaker. Yes.
2: And... Kind of balances the energies of other signs. I mean, that's kind of the Libra's role is to establish harmony, and so having that in a Scorpio, I could see that lending further into just balancing out those those deeper passions, but also being super philosophical because Libras isn't that an air sign.
0: I believe so. And
2: air signs tend to be more intellectual.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. uh, Scorpios can be pretty philosophical in their own right. And to add a, a Libra element to that could deepen that philosophical edge.
0: But then if you go into Sagittarius, that's just going to exacerbate the stubbornness. Well, that's
2: fire and water. Mm-hmm. And so you have those opposing forces. So what you get is a really steamy kind of character. yeah, the Sagittarius... Huntsman-like nature with the Scorpio sexual passion. you got kind of the player there. Oh my. (laughs) Yeah. Sexy time. And not wanting to be tied down, plus the isolation that comes with the Scorpio. Mm. So yeah, those could be some difficult challenges for anybody who's Sagittarius, Scorpion, Cusp. Anything else you want to say? We talked a bit about their ties to... Cancer would be a weird one. I don't see the, the... Harmonious connection between a Scorpio and a Cancer because I think a Cancer would take offense at the Scorpio stings too easily.
0: Yeah, I can see that, but they're also very emotional people. Yeah. And so they would be able to filter that Scorpio passion through their own experiences mm. and probably understand why they appear weak or not weak, why they appear cold. To other people, but they know what's inside.
2: Yeah, cancers are caregivers.
0: Yeah, they will they will take the time to find their way in through yeah. the defenses.
2: They make really good parents, especially like cancer dads.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like having a cancer as a dad is... I mean, you're going to find your dad crying a lot. Because <laughs> they feel very deeply, but they're also very caring. Yes. And to have... That kind of parental energy in a Scorpio's life could be interesting. Because yeah, they'll be caring for and I think that's the trust issue, the intimacy issue. That yeah. that's what pairs well. So yeah, with the Taurus, there's that privacy or the respect of privacy and trust. With the cancer, it's the the caring, the intimacy that the Scorpio might be lacking or be able to gain through that partnership. Scorpio. Scorpio. I think it's pretty much well known, even through people who might not know the Zodiac that much, that Scorpios are the best lovers. And they seem to know it instinctively. (laughs) It's like they don't need to be taught how to have sex. They just seem to be naturally adept at it. Just know their way around the bedroom and take risks. They're risk takers. And I think they bring that into the bedroom. And so it's exciting sex. I think Tauruses are known to be pretty sexual too, but they're also they like their security.
0: We know what works, and that's what we're gonna do, okay, <laughs> yeah,
2: and so they might not be the risk takers in the bedroom, so some people might find that boring while the Scorpios are more attractive because there's that that bad boy kind of quality to it or bad girl quality,
0: yeah whatever, yeah, to each their own,
2: yeah, to each their own, yeah, I think that Scorpio addressed
0: Scorpio. <laughs> I
2: got through that pretty quickly. I can't think of anything we missed, really. Unless
0: some Scorpios that are listening are like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a
2: minute. What about this, this, and this, and that? Because we talked about the mystery, we talked about the intensity. Yeah. The sexual passion, the deep self understanding, the understanding of others, the possible vindictiveness, if crossed, uh, that they find power in their own mystery, their own secretiveness. That they don't give away information about themselves easily.
0: But if you think they missed something, Dave, how can they tell us about it?
2: Oh, you can contact us via the Dark corner Pod at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, which would be the Facebook group, The Dark Corner Podcast, or the Facebook page, The Dark Corner Podcast.
0: Exactly.
2: And also Twitter, if you have a brief message, which is at... The Dark Corner Cast, or is it just at Dark Corner Cast? I think it's just Dark Corner Cast because there's only so much
0: yeah, we, characters we know
2: you can put.
0: Well, that's because they don't want you to have a super long title, or else that eats into your 140 characters. It does. We don't want that.
2: No, we don't want that. Yes, it's at Dark
0: Corner Cast. There we go. Yeah, excellent. So shout outs. Shout outs.
2: Hey. hey! Oh, speaking of the Dark Corner podcast. Facebook page. Our friend Haley from the uh, improv workshops and lessons and all that stuff. She's uh, liked our
0: page. Hi Haley. Hi Haley.
2: She recently had a bead.
0: She had a baby girl. Doesn't even look like she was pregnant. No she
2: does not.
0: Just looks like Haley. Yeah just oh
2: you had a baby you wouldn't have known.
0: And she's also one of those people that look can look good with any length of hair.
2: Like often gets like an asymmetrical cut and very kind of eighties style. I love it. And it just works love it. really well on her.
0: Works so well. Yep. She's a delightful person.
2: Yeah, she's geeky, nerdy like us. She does sketches. And oh, she she's
0: glorious! I love her likes art.
2: Dungeons and dragons and stuff. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So hi, Haley. Hi, Haley. We love you. My shout out is multiple. Because I'm shouting out to, like, four people. Oh, yes. Um, First of all, Amy Nelson from Trek FM. Uh, She's originally from Utah. Grew up in Salt Lake City. Lives in Las Vegas right now. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. We're the same age. (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's just so funny, because she friended me on Facebook, which is how I found out she was from Utah, yeah. was by looking at her profile. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> so that was really cool. And then uh, to my fellow podcasters on The Edge, Episode 3, Mike Schindler, Aaron Harvey, and Sarah Buck. Uh, I really enjoyed recording with them until the power went out.
2: Yeah, I know. You were super disappointed.
0: Yeah, I really, really was. And actually, uh, we talked for several minutes before we even started recording. We had a good time, and they're all good peeps. It was an interesting discussion, and we all have... The thing is, when you have that many people on, you are usually going to get a variety of different opinions. And that's a good thing. Different opinions is a good thing. If we all felt the same way about everything, how boring would life be?
2: Well, especially when you address the Kelvin Universe films. Yeah. It's like half of you liked them, half of you didn't.
0: Exactly. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just great to get to know new people and to be welcomed into this corner of podcasting. I shouldn't even say it's corners bigger than a corner. It's like, it's like an ante room, yeah. a receiving room at this point. It's a ready room. It's, you no, know, it's the bridge of the enterprise. It's about the size of the bridge of the
2: enterprise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, if podcasting is the whole enterprise, Trek FM's bridge. Yep, (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but I'm just uh, I'm I'm really pleased to know these people. So thanks, guys! Yay! Yay! And if you want to find the Trek FM podcast, just go to your podcast catcher whatever you happen to use and search for trek.fm and you can find all of the podcasts individually or you can subscribe to the master feed and have access to all of the podcasts that are offered and there's even one that doesn't always talk about star trek stuff they talk about geekdoms outside of star trek so it's star
2: trek fans talking about things other than star trek
0: yeah so have a listen there's a dedicated podcast for each of the shows and Everything else be above and beyond. You, if you enjoy Star Trek, why haven't you gone there? <laughs> Something for everybody.
2: Yes, I concur.
0: Yes. So that's it, I guess. Yeah,
2: that's it. That's it for this rebranded show. <laughs> Welcome to the rebranding. The rebranding.
0: I knew you were going to do of that. Course, I heard it in my head. The
2: way you said it, I had to say it too. Yeah. Of
0: course.
2: So not much different, just... You can find us on Strange and Deadly now.
0: Yep. So, if you're looking, if if you're already subscribed, then you got this automatically anyway. So, thank you. Thank you for subscribing.
2: Yes, thank you for subscribing. Rate us if you can.
0: Oh, good heavens. What? There was something that I wanted to say earlier, and I totally forgot about it. <gasps> oh, no. It's and a Jamie
2: Jenkins moment.
0: Shut up. I have a new friend on Facebook. Oh. And she is a fan of the Twilight Zone podcast. Sweet. And she sent me a friend request, and I noticed that we had a friend in common, and so I accepted the request. And her name is Portia Adriana Sanchez. That is
2: a hell of a name. I know. I that love the name Portia awesome name. so much. Portia is a great name. It's
0: a great name. And she is delightful, and uh, I really enjoy her. So thank you for becoming my friend, Portia, and I look forward to being friends with you for a very long time. Yay! Friendship. Friendship! 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 Friendship. 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 <laughs> I, so Best, cool. plans. Best friends! Best friends! <laughs> okay, so we will talk to you guys in a couple Bye. of weeks.
3: Bye-bye! Bye!
1: have just listened to the dark corner podcast hosted by brandy and david jacola find us and other fine podcasts at StrangeandDeadly.com. send any feedback to the dark corner pod at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dark corner cast you can also like the dark corner podcast page or join the dark corner podcast group on facebook The intro and outro music is Artificial Nocturne Love Thy Brother Remix by Metric. The dark track featured on the podcast was either submitted directly or offered for free by the artist or the artist's representatives. No infringement of copyright is intended. If you enjoy the show, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes. If nothing else, then to let us know that you're out there listening. Now, we return you... Into the light. Until next time, peace and love.
3: Like shadows in a stranger's dream, hiding out in the back
1: together.